our scripture reading, Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Jesus said, Be weary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off some way or other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. This is the word of God for the people of God. Once again, grace and peace to you, beloved. I guess I need to be careful about how much I smile. Thank you, Johnny. Just a reminder, as we begin today, the word of the day is truth. So you are invited to listen to how many times in the message I say the word truth, whether you're here in the sanctuary or worshiping on our online campus The word of the day is truth. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Several years ago now, shortly after I graduated from seminary and my youngest brother had just graduated from college, we decided to take a trip together to Seattle, just the two of us. It was a wonderful trip. We toured the city, we went paragliding, we drank coffee, of course, lots and lots of coffee, and our favorite coffee house became the one that was closest to the hostel where we were staying just off of Pike Place Market. So on our last day of the trip, we stopped into that coffee house one more time to get one more good cup of coffee and to chat with the barista who had come to know our faces and begun to learn our names. And he said to us, what is it that you do? My brother Ted had just that very week, while we were in Seattle, accepted his very first job offer. So he excitedly said, I'm a teacher. When without missing a beat, I said, and I'm a preacher. And the barista looked at me and said, what do you preach, abstinence? It was a very awkward, (laughs) it was a very awkward conversation. And so I tried to kind of save the moment by talking about why I do what I do and why I feel called to serve in this way because spiritual growth and development is important because I value community engagement because social justice is part of our work. I'm not sure I actually saved the conversation in any way, but it did make me think about why people are so suspect about preachers. They don't want to be taken for a ride. That's one of the reasons I rarely use the word preacher when I'm talking about who I am and what I do. I just said it that day because it rhymed and I thought it was funny. (laughs) But that exchange affirmed what I already knew to be true. Some people are inherently suspect of preachers, particularly outside of the church, because nobody wants to be a sucker. 
Nobody wants to be taken for a ride by someone else's version of the truth. And yes, I understand that truth is not supposed to have versions, but we live very subjective lives. Our experiences and the way we process them sometimes lead us to believe that truth is relative. Or as one of my favorite people in the world has been known to say, the truth is whatever promotes your cause. That thought might seem a bit cynical, but the, sta the statement itself does bear some truth. We all do this at one level or another, even if we don't realize it. We present the truth in a way that supports our case. We may not tell a complete falsehood. We might simply misrepresent the truth in a harmless way in hopes of getting our way. We're not trying to fool anyone. We just don't want to be fooled. And we know if we do this, Everyone does this, so we are wary because deep down we do value the truth and we value truth tellers as we should. Telling the truth is foundational to our faith. It's built right into the core of our community guidelines. It's number nine actually on the list. Today marks the ninth week in our interactive summer worship series that we are calling 10 Keys unlocking faith and the kids have been collecting their keys kiddo do you ha have your keys with you today yeah we can add another one we've been collecting keys all summer to connect the words of jesus primarily from the sermon on the mount to the ten commandments that god gave moses when the people were delivered from slavery in egypt and the ninth commandment says you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. We often simplify it to three little words. Do not lie. Do not lie. The against your neighbor part is pretty important, though, because it puts this commandment in the context of community, which is where most of the commandments lie. Do not lie against your neighbor. Certainly, Jesus did a lot of talking about what it means to tell the truth in his messages. One of the favorite statements that I read recently is when Jesus says, keep it simple. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And we could have talked about that this morning, but I opted instead for the passage that Johnny read for us this morning because it offers not only what it means to tell the truth, but what it means to hear the truth. This is the ninth key to unlocking our faith, to tell the truth. And it does have as much to do with what we hear as it has to do with what we say. So let's listen again. Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off in some way or another. Do not be impressed with charisma. Look instead for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. First of all, let's not gloss over the consequences of not telling the truth in the name of God. To be chopped down and burned is nothing to be taken lightly, which is one of the reasons I always stand before you with a healthy amount of fear and trembling anytime we are together. 
Even beyond that, though, the metaphor of the trees with the bad apples is worth considering as a community together. In other translations, Jesus says it this way, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Thus you will know them by their fruits. What Jesus is talking about here is a helpful tool for discernment. Discernment is a process by which we seek guidance and understanding through listening and observing what's going on around us, but also within us. Discernment is a spiritual practice by which we make decisions, not merely based on facts and judgments, but also on inner peace and the sense that the Holy Spirit is at work guiding us. But it's not all mysterious. God is pretty good at revealing information to us along the way. And Jesus is telling us right here in this passage that one way we can tell the truth from a pack of lies is by paying attention to the actions of the people who are speaking. Look for character, not charisma. Look for fruit, the results of the way that they live day by day. Now, this does not mean that we can expect perfection. It doesn't mean that we can have unrealistic expectations. We are all human beings. It means to listen carefully and then to check within ourselves what resonates with what we have seen and what we already know to be true. Now, this isn't a game. As I said, it's a spiritual practice, but I do have a game that we can play this morning to illustrate the point while the kiddos are expressing their own inner truths with Play-Doh in the back. We will play two truths and a lie. Do you know it? It's a pretty simple game. I will read three statements to you, and then you will tell me which one you think is a lie. Now, these are all Bible-related statements, but each set has a lie in it. Two of the statements are true, one is false. So as I read them, think about which one is false. Don't say it out loud, just hold on to it, and then I will ask you for the answer, and we can say those together. Sound good? If you're on our online campus, put your answers in the comment section. That will be a great way to engage. Kathy is right there with you. You ready for the first set? In Joppa, Peter raised from the dead a woman named Dorcas. That's A. B, the man named Cush had a son who was a mighty warrior named Nimrod. And see, the fourth son of David and the older son of Jesse was named Bozo. So which name cannot be found in the Bible? Dorcas, Nimrod, or Bozo? Think about it. A, B, or C. What is the correct false answer? C, that's right. C, the, the correct false answer is Bozo. The other two names can indeed be found in the Bible in Acts and in Genesis. Ready for number two? Yeah, C. Okay. A, Pharisees heckle Jesus as they walk past him teaching the crowd on the shore, and he rebukes them, saying, there is always a bigger fish. Or B, Jesus tells a disciple to catch a fish in the lake and pay taxes with the coin in the fish's mouth. 
or sea, a man dropped an iron axe head into a river, and a prophet made it float in the water to save it. So which story is not true? Jesus and his big fish statement, the tax-paying fish, or the floating axe head, A, B, or C? Think about it. You're going to go with A? Oh, did I hit it? I think I might be off schedule because I didn't hit it here. So I might need my helper in the back to help me with the next one. Okay, yes, A is correct. But if you want to read the other stories, which actually need a lot of context, you can take a look at those in Matthew and in 2 Kings. So could my helper, Diane, could you hit the next question for me? Because I'm hitting the wrong slides here. Next one. Okay, very good. Yeah, you don't have the answer yet on this one. <laughs> A, Jesus taught his followers that it is better for them to remain single than to be married like the lost. Or B, Jesus spoke to a Canaanite woman who was seeking a miracle from him and referred to her and to her people as dogs. Or C, Jesus called one of his disciples, Satan, to scold him from stopping Jesus for stopping Jesus from achieving a goal. So A, B, or C, which did Jesus not say that married people are lost, that Canaanite people are dogs, or that his disciple was Satan? Think about it. A, you think so? What's the answer, Diane? Can you show us? Hey, yes, much to the relief of all of the married people and soon-to-be-married people in the room, Jesus did not say that married people were lost. Um, the other two stories really actually do need a lot of background to understand them, so go back and look in, in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and you can find out more about those as well. Now, this is a silly game, and it's not exactly how discernment works, but you get the idea. Personal knowledge helps. If you know these stories, you've read them, you can figure out the answers a lot easier. One of the ways we get to the truth is through study and spiritual practice. Study and spiritual practice only increases our ability to tell the truth. Truth-telling is important, both telling the difference between truth and lie, but also, literally speaking, telling the truth with our own mouths. And as basic as all of this seems, both take practice. And two very practical concepts can help us, clarity and fruit. We've already talked about fruit a bit, and we'll get back to that metaphor in a minute, but first let's talk about clarity. The premise is simple. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. These words come from Brene Brown, and I've talked about her before. She is a world-renowned social worker and author and leadership coach, and she has written many books, including Dare to Lead, which is a text that the staff and I are using in our own spiritual growth and development. And in that book and in other places, she says, clear is kind. And the reverse, of course, is true as well. Unclear is unkind. 
This is simple enough, as I said, but we often trick ourselves into thinking that we can sugarcoat the truth or water it down a bit or wrap it in a nice package to make the blow softer because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And that may be true, but it also could be true that we lack the courage to be honest in awkward situations. Being honest is always the kinder thing to do. Now, I'm not talking about being mean. I'm talking about being clear. Clear is kind because it reduces the potential for misunderstanding and the potential to prolong conflict unnecessarily. Clarity is about integrity. And integrity is something that we want to expect from ourselves and from other people. Integrity is where our words and our actions meet. It's the proof in the pudding, as they say. Or in spiritual terms, it's the fruit. These fruit. Can we have the next slide, please? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. The Apostle Paul lists these as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. These are the result of walking with God, pursuing the ways of Jesus, telling the truth in word and in action. In this faith journey, beloved, we must be able to discern the truth, to know those whom we can trust to speak clearly to us by how they behave when they think no one else is looking. We must hold ourselves to that standard as well. We must expect the same from ourselves. And the only way we can bear such good fruit is by cultivating it, by nurturing our roots in the soil of a good and healthy faith community. And this doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. We need a plan. So that's our question today. What's my plan? What's our truth-seeking, truth-telling plan? So that regardless of where we are or where we find ourselves teaching and preaching even far away from home on vacation, everyone can not only hear but see that we are telling the truth. So it just so happens that now is a great time in our faith community to make a plan because we are beginning to roll out several opportunities to connect and grow over the next several weeks and months. Maybe it's time to join or start a small group. Maybe it's a six-week Bible study with the pastor that's coming up, and you'll hear more about that a little later. Maybe it's serving with the children and the youth that will feed your soul. And trust me, if you do that, you will learn and grow along the way as well. What is your plan? Being here or on our online campus on Sunday morning is a great start, but what are the next steps? What is your plan to grow and bear fruit? What's the intention and how will we get there? Over the next several weeks, you will have opportunities to learn more about these things that I just mentioned, but also you'll have the opportunity to give input and feedback about your own needs. So stay connected. Stay connected to the website, the mobile app, your star weekly email that comes out every Monday. You will have opportunities 
to give feedback as we prepare to make a plan for our entire community. Because truth-telling is a commitment that we have here at Morningstar. It's a commitment in this community of faith, and it does have as much to do with what we hear as with what we say. Amen? Amen. Let us pray as the band comes forward so that we can sing our next beautiful song. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for being the truth, for speaking the truth to us, for sending the truth in Jesus, for continuing to walk with us in the truth with your Holy Spirit. Speak to us now the ways that we can draw closer to you through Bible study, through small groups, through walks in nature, through centering prayer, through the practice of giving, through serving others. Speak to us about the steps in our plan that will help us grow closer to you and bear fruit in the name of Jesus so that everything we do points to you in our words and in our actions. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.